Lonely song, the song's for you. Of the millions of good householders on the planet, and trust me, there are millions. Think about how many people handle life well. Millions. There are millions of good householders, millions of people, workers, who go out there to their job, and they do their job, and they raise their families, they have children, they have all of this stuff. They do all the things that life requires of them. They pay their bills, they have cars, they have licenses, they obey the laws. They're good citizens. They're good householders. Of all the millions of good householders on the planet, why is it that so few are found by esoteric ideas? If good householder is the beginning step, it's where you need to be in order to enter into this work or enter into the work of esotericism, the work of transformation, then why is it, out of the so many millions, there are so few who actually do it? As quantum physics and calculus and trigonometry is beyond some people, the possibility of higher development seems also to be beyond the majority of people. Of all of the millions of good householders, the majority seem to go nowhere with it. They just stay right there as good householders. They die good householders. Nothing else happens. The very idea is anathema. Now, anathema, for those of you who don't know, is a formal curse by a pope or council of the church excommunicating a person or denouncing a doctrine. Now, when I say anathema, I mean it's something that's hateful, despised by the world system. And what is despised by the whole world system is this idea that some people are beyond the possibility of transformation, that they don't like that. The world does not like that. If you think about it, the world has been blinded by socialism and crippled by capitalism. It can't find its way to the middle of the pendulum. So on one hand, you have socialism. Oh, everybody should have the same thing, so we'll take everything and we'll put it in one big pot and then we'll disperse it evenly to all the people so that everybody has the same thing. Communism was the idea of doing that by force. Socialism is the idea by doing that by slow, gradual change and by social reform. We were talking the other day about words and how there are certain words. Oh, Connie was talking to me, that's right. She said, researching the 50s for her paintings, she noticed that there was some girl's boyfriend in a comic strip or something, and his name was Tubby. And she said, it's so different than things are today. You're not allowed to call people Tubby today. No, but now you can go into high schools with an automatic weapon and blow everybody away. But you can't call anybody Tubby. And what we've done is we've screwed down the restraints on people's speech. And now the only thing they can do, rather than to talk about it, now what they do is they act about it. I watched a thing on The Onion last night about a kid, a jock, who went into school and he shot some nerd who wore black all the time and wrote strange things on his notebook. So he considered him to be a potential shooter who would go in and shoot other people in the school because everybody bullied him. So he shot him to avoid that. And the Onion News, of course, is a big farce, but the Onion News was all, yay, what a hero, you know, this guy, finally, look at the great threat that he took care of. And then he goes back and he ends up shooting like four more people, potentially dangerous people, and they're still praising him about it. So what I'm saying is that the pendulum swings from one side to another with our system with our world system and it's very dangerous and we need to be aware of what the world system is doing because if you're not aware of it you're going to be swinging with it how many times do you not say tubby because well people would think that is a bad thing we had this big thing the other day about handicapped or disabled or retarded yeah the association for retarded citizens and that you know it's not acceptable anymore. The only reason that organization exists is because they were incorporated before political correctness was established, before free speech became not free anymore. Take it all for granted, but the truth is the world system is eroding you. 
It is eroding you. It is moving you along toward the cliff where it will push you over. And down at the bottom of that cliff is this big hungry mouth wide open waiting for you to drop into it to gobble you up. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean literally. But I do mean it figuratively. Figuratively, what this life wants from you is just your life energy. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So in this world blinded by socialism, crippled by capitalism, we have a difficult time finding the middle ground. Now, this isn't about politics. Politics reflects our inner state as the microcosm reflects the macrocosm. If you think I'm going to talk about politics, you're wonky. I'm not going to do it. I'm not interested in that. What is the missing link that can connect mechanical man to the new man? That's really our question. What is it? Why is it that millions of good householders don't ever make it? Why not? Why is it that they don't get it? Why is it that they don't start the transformation process? It's always the same thing. The application of the ideas rather than intellectual collection of knowledge. So here we are again. Do we apply the ideas or do we just read about the ideas, just talk about the ideas, just study the ideas, just meditate on the ideas? Or do we actually do something about it? As long as ideas remain in the memory alone, they eventually lead to a festering kind of self-merit. It's a kind of nasty, festering thing like a boil or an ingrown nail. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And this is no accident that I've chosen this idea of festering boils and ingrown nails because when you are full of self-merit, you become very, very sensitive to what other people say and do and how they look and how they don't look and what they don't say and what they don't do toward you. Because when you're full of self-merit, you're full of self-love. And when you're full of self-love, you're just one big big, sore oil. Everything that everyone does hurts you. You spend your life hurt and you spend your life blaming other people for hurting you. It's a sad state of affairs, but it is the state of affairs in which most people find themselves, unfortunately. So I want to talk about that a little bit too. Actually, I want to talk about a lot of things, don't I? What's new there? There's an inner thinking that must be applied to esoteric ideas. Now, when I say an inner thinking, I mean it's something different than the thinking that we say that we do, this thinking by association. Now, you think about the ideas by association. I bring up something, I say something, or something comes up in your life, and it reminds you of one of the work ideas, and you start to think about it a little bit. That's not the kind of thinking that I'm talking about. This inner thinking that has to be applied to esoteric ideas is much deeper. You see, we've lost connection with higher centers, and we've got to be taught through our senses, through the five senses. We can't be taught internally anymore. We've lost our connection. So now these ideas have to come to you externally. You have to hear them. You have to read about them. You have to see other people practice them because you don't have the connection inside of yourself. You've, well, you have the connection, but you've lost it. It's in there, but you no longer can connect with it. And so we must be taught from outside. Ultimately, that's not how it was supposed to be, and that's not how it will be. But right now, that's how it is. Now, Combine those ideas with your deeper spiritual thinking, and the ideas move from the intellectual center to the emotional center, where they're amped up and they become powerful. When I say amped up, that's really what I mean. They're amplified there. The emotional center amplifies these ideas. It gives them new life and new meaning. It breathes the breath of life into them. As they are, they're ideas. They're pretty cold, and they're pretty principle-oriented, and they're good. Don't get me wrong, they're good. They have potential. But until they are mixed with the emotional center, they will not ever have the life and the power. So they will stay a form of religion lacking the power. They must be mixed with the emotional center. But how many of these ideas do you really feel emotional about? 
You see, I, I mean, that's what I mean. You need to be thinking deeply, spiritually, emotionally about these ideas. And this is where valuation comes from. When you start to see how much you need, when you start to see how far down you are in the ray of creation, when you start to see how far you have fallen from what you could be and were meant to be, then you start to have valuation. You start to realize that you could be so much more, that you have access to so much more, but you're not accessing it. And why is that? When you start to see that, you begin to have valuation. You begin to want these ideas to be more real to you. You begin to feel something about them. When that happens, the ideas are amped up and become powerful. As part of the organic film coding our planet, our purpose, like all of life, is to suffer. If you look at the world, you will see that it is a pain factory. Just look at the animal kingdom. Everything out there is eating something else. Everything out there is merciless when it comes to eating something else. They'll eat it alive. If you've ever seen a film of a praying mantis eating another insect, it's really wild. I would say disgusting, but that's a value judgment I don't want to make. It's tough. If you ever watched animals going to get a drink or little babies fall out of a nest and something comes along and eats it. If you ever watched the little sea turtles hatch and make their run for the sea and the birds and other predators come and snatch them up and eat them alive, then you understand what I'm talking about. This is a pain factory. And what happens here in this pain factory is for one reason and one reason only. It's to cause suffering. Why? Why would anyone want to cause suffering? Well, just think about how many times you've wanted to cause someone else suffering. Someone who did you wrong or someone who deserved it. And you wanted them to suffer. You wanted to get even. You wanted to destroy them. You wanted to bury them. You wanted to hurt them. You wanted to make them understand what it was like. You wanted to teach them a lesson. You wanted to make them a better person. And how did you want to do it? Through punishment and suffering. This is a pain factory. So that's how all these self-justifications, all these justifications for why we do all this. We know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth. Paul wrote that, and I think it's excellent. So I want to put it in context. Romans 8, 22. Listen to this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The sufferings of this present time, that is this world system, this order that we are under here, 48 orders of laws, it is a pain factory, and it's the suffering of this present time. And what we're trying to do is escape from it. You do understand that. We're trying to escape from this. We're trying to get out of this prison. We're trying to escape from this pain factory. We're trying to escape from this world system. We're not going to do it by getting a roll of quarters and some special shoes and special outfits and waiting for a comet to go by and then kill ourselves. This is transformation. It's the hard work of making the effort that's necessary for you to begin to transform your being. And how you transform your being is first by changing your mind and then by changing your heart, purifying your emotional center, by putting these ideas, these esoteric ideas, into practice in your own life, not in somebody else's life, but in your life. This is, like I said, the hard work of esotericism. So Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What's the glory that's to be revealed to us? The new man, real I. That's the glory that's to be revealed to us. And we'll just leave it there. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God, Paul writes. The anxious longing of the creation. There are other translations that says that the earth groans. It just groans under the weight of this pain factory. 
uh, all these things, all this imperfection, all this stuff that needs to be worked out. But it's not getting worked out. As I said, of the millions and millions of good householders on the planet, why are so few embracing esoteric ideas and transforming themselves? Why is that? Or allowing the ideas to transform them, if you prefer to be precise about it. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Don't let the religious terminology bother you. And don't embrace it too much either, because either way, it's like one side of the pendulum or the other side of the pendulum. You need to be able to read anything and get meaning from it. I don't care what it is. And if you have an aversion to something, then you need to get rid of your aversion to that. If you have an aversion to reading something in Scripture, then get rid of your aversion to that. If you don't understand it, then make effort to understand it. Learn how to understand it. There are ways to learn how to understand. You first gather the knowledge, and then you apply the ideas, and you will get understanding. So these are the things that we need to be doing. Now the energy that we leak through useless, unnecessary suffering transfers force from the lower to the higher parts of this octave that we're a part of. This earth is part of an octave, and you have the sun above us, you have the moon below us. This is all figurative. Don't take this literally. This is figurative. And the force that we are expending through useless, unnecessary suffering is going in the wrong direction. It's not going toward the sun, it's not taking us higher, but it's going toward the moon, taking us lower and down into more and more negative states. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to be negative when you're suffering? Have you ever noticed that when you're in pain, you get snappy? You get short. You don't have near the patience with other people as you have. Negative states take you in the wrong direction, and they drain your force. So we're leaking this energy through this useless, unnecessary suffering. And all of that energy, all that force is going in the wrong direction and taking us with it. Now, I have another little thing that I'd like to read to you, and it's... Genesis 28, and it's about Jacob. You remember Jacob? Jacob departed from Beersheba, went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. Now, I always find these things interesting. Why is it that people don't realize, they don't realize that when something is said like that, it's a clue? If it's said, and he spent the night there because the sun had set. Well, of course the sun had set if he spent the night there. How many nights do you spend anywhere where the sun hasn't set? Well, think about what that means, the sun has set. Now, think about it. what it means in this octave that I've just told you about. The sun had set. So the sun was no longer in view. The sun had set. Okay, and remember, the sun is the direction that we want to move in. It's the light that we want to move in. You know that the moon only has reflected light. It has no light of its own. And there's one side of it that's dark all the time, and another side of it that's light to us, only because the light bouncing from the sun off the surface of the moon comes to us. So that's reflected light. It goes on to say, And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head. Now remember, anytime there's a certain place, they're trying to tell you something. Is there a certain man or a certain place? You need to understand this is code. This doesn't have anything to do with some certain place. It's an inner state. It's an inner state. It's not some physical, geological, geographical location. It's an inner state. A certain place and a certain man, they're inner states. A certain man is a certain state. A certain man is man number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight, whatever. And a certain place is a certain state inside of you. I took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head. What is a stone? Stone represents the very basic level of the truth, the stone truth. He took that stone and he put it under his head. What does that mean? He took the knowledge that he gathered in that certain place, 
and he put it under his intellectual center. He put it under his head and laid down in that place. And what does that mean, to lay down? Well, you know, to walk means to walk, to stand means to stand, to sit means to sit, and to lay down means to rest. It means he rested in that truth. He put his head on that truth, and he rested in that, in that place. He had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now, you remember what I just said? We're in this octave. All right, let's look at it like a ladder. That's really what an octave is. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, si, do, ti, do. Okay, so it's an octave. You have these eight notes, these eight rungs on the ladder. Now, two of the rungs are spaced so far apart that you can't really reach them very easily. You have to put a rung in between them. You have to have something in between them so that you can cover the distance. That happens at two places in every octave. Now, he sees this ladder set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. The angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now, you remember that what I said was that the energy we leak through useless, unnecessary suffering transfers force from lower to higher parts of the octave. Angels descending and ascending from the earth to heaven. What's heaven? Heaven is this expanding state of consciousness that we're trying to reach. We're trying to get into this state of consciousness, the kingdom of heaven, where we no longer are affected by these negative things. We're no longer affected by the influences of old associations and the false personality and all the stuff we do mechanically. So we're trying to move from mechanical humanity to conscious humanity, conscious humanity being in the kingdom of heaven. Man has been called the broken rung in Jacob's ladder. We stand as a potential link between heaven and earth, above and below. The other animals cannot do this. Dogs and cats and birds and insects and fleas and whatever else, they can't do this. But we can do this. Of all of the animals on this earth, we're the only ones who can do this. We're the only ones with the potential to become the new man, with the potential to reach something higher. We are the only ones who have this potential to link heaven and earth. So remember the Lord's Prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, your on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. So what that's saying is that the will of the absolute is done with the conscious circle of humanity in heaven, but it's not done here on earth with the mechanical circle of humanity. We are part of the mechanical circle of humanity. We're trying to climb this ladder to become part of the conscious circle of humanity. And this potential link between heaven and earth, above and below, is so that we can start to pull down influence, bring down influence from above, and connect it here to the earth, and transform here while we're here. We are here. We have our feet firmly on the ground here. We're here. This part of the ladder is here. That's the reality of it for us. Because of this ladder, we have the ability to increase our being. We don't have to stay the same. Dogs, cats, lions, tigers, bears, they all have to stay the same. We don't have to stay the same. We can increase our being. There's something that can happen, something other animals don't have, can't do. Now, once we reach the stage of good householder, we have access to increasing our being only by facing higher or inward toward our spiritual meaning, away from our animal meaning. You have an animal meaning. <laughs> you eat, you sleep, you drink, you work, you struggle, you do all of these things, you procreate, you do all of those things, just like the other animals. You have an instinctive center that drives you, you have a moving center that drives you, you have an intellect that is very much like an animal's intellect. It's just a little bit better in most cases. But in a lot of cases, it's not that much better, is it? I mean, let's face it, there are animals that can outsmart you. Look at how long it takes you to catch a rat or a squirrel or a bird. There are animals that can just outsmart you. And you have to sit and think about it for a while to figure out some kind of a trap or some kind of a way to catch them, to 
capture them or to do whatever it is you have to do. You have to use your intellect in a way that you can use it. So what does this all mean? Having the ability to increase our being by facing something higher, by turning away from the five senses, we must be in the world but not of the world. That's what it means. The only way this is possible is to be insulated from the streaming events of the world through a higher connection internally. Look, let's face it, we're run by the world. And if you go home and you find a notice on your door that you have to be out in 30 days, you're going to react. You're probably not going to respond. You're probably going to react negatively. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh, blah, 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 what's all this about? All of those things. That's what I'm talking about, being run by the events of life. If you hear a big crash and a tree just fell on your car, you're going to react. Oh my God, I wonder if the insurance is going to cover that. Jess, will your homeowner's insurance cover that? Blah, 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 blah. This is what I mean by being insulated from the streaming events of the world. And how? Through a higher connection internally. It's only by connecting internally with higher centers that we're ever going to be insulated and we're ever going to be transformed in any way. It's just not going to happen any other way because there is no other way. The missing link is this reversal that must take place in man from organic life as our neutralizing force to esoteric ideas as a neutralizing force. Right now, what neutralizes you, what makes you neutered is life. It makes you ineffective. For spiritual progress, you're ineffective because life makes you ineffective. And as long as life is the force that dominates you, you're going to stay ineffective. It's when the work, these higher ideas, these higher influences that you touch internally, when you make that connection, it's only when they start to influence you that you have the possibility of becoming something that you could be, increasing your being, as it were. This enables the force to pass from above to below, thereby increasing our being and saving us from the fate of all living things on this planet. What's the fate of all living things on this planet? Useless pain and suffering. Everything on this planet suffers pain and suffering. Everything. And you do too. The only difference is you have the potential to make it something besides useless pain and suffering. You have a way of turning useless suffering into useful suffering so that it can be used for your development instead of just feeding something else. Morris Nichols said, Esotericism was sown into the earth from conscious influences and man was made capable of receiving these esoteric influences and thereby not bound to suffer the general fate of fishes, birds, insects and animals that belong to the pain factory itself. We don't have to suffer needlessly, but the majority of people on this planet will suffer needlessly. And the reason that they will is because of this missing link. What exactly is the missing link? The work calls it the magnetic center. It's what gives us the ability to stop suffering needlessly and begin to suffer consciously. It helps us to take the esoteric ideas internally. With magnetic center, you have a level of being higher than what's needed for life. It's what magnetic center means. See people, oh, magnetic center, where is that? How do I get one? Uh, can I buy it in the store? Where, why, how, do I just come with it or what? Where do, where, where do I get it? Where is it located? Where should I start looking for it? People get weird about this magnetic center business. I've heard people say, oh, I have magnetic center. Really? How do you know that? Show it to me. Oh, I, I have it. And I think, yeah, you can say anything. There's just no way to prove that. And what a bizarre thing to say. I have magnetic center, I know. When you have magnetic center, you have a level of being that's higher than what's needed for life. So you're not like one of the animals. You've got something, you've got a level of being that's higher than what's needed just to be a good householder, just to get through life. You'll never be happy with life if you have magnetic center. Oh, 
Well, that's cheery. Now we know that everybody has magnetic center because nobody's happy with life. Well, see, that's not true either, is it? There's some people that absolutely believe that life is going to give them what they want, that they can get their satisfaction, that they can get their happiness, that they can get the peace that they're seeking through life. There are people who are absolutely convinced of it, who are committed to it, and who are working 24-7 to get it. And most of the time, you're those people. Jesus put it this way, And praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. What does that mean? Well, obviously, it means what, remember, when you're an infant, you're born conscious. So an infant is conscious. I praise you that you've hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, the people of the world, and revealed them to the conscious. And the conscious often look very small in the world's eyes, very small. Paul said it this way, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. If you ever want to look that one up, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29. The other one was in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. Nichols said, Who is looking for something? Who has felt from earliest age that something is wrong? and life does not explain itself. Well, the malcontents, the people who think, you know, this just isn't right. There's just got to be something more. I think back to my childhood. I think I always knew, and it always got me in trouble. I always knew that adults were liars. I always knew that people would say one thing and mean another. I always knew that, and my brother, just 17 months younger than I am, Stephen, he told me one time, you know, the thing about you was what you were thinking always showed on your face. If you knew somebody was lying, it always looked like you knew they were lying, and that really upsets people. They really don't like that. So you have to learn to cover it. My brother was an expert at covering it. He could smile to your face and stick a knife in your back and make you thank him for doing it. He just was good at it. I was never any good at it. I just thought there was something wrong, something seriously, seriously wrong with humanity and with this earth, and that it needed to be corrected. And my earliest recollection is of that. So, in a sense, I was looking for something. I felt from the earliest age that something is wrong and life does not explain itself. It just did not make sense to me. Such a man has magnetic center. Don't worry about what magnetic center is. That's for the intelligent and the wise of the world. They'll get that all worked out. They'll write books about it. They'll have seminars about it. They'll have workshops about it. And you can go and spend $800 or $1,000 or $2,000 or $5,000 and go and take the seminar. You can go to Hawaii or you can go to Timbuktu and you can spend a week there and do all the workshops and seminars. And then you'll know. You'll know all about magnetic center. And then you'll be intelligent and wise too. And if that's what you want, then it's out there. Go get it. They'll discuss it while you work out your own salvation. See, they will discuss it. The intelligent and wise will discuss it and write about it. And they'll be very erudite about it. They'll be very philosophical about it. They'll be very thorough about it. They'll measure it. They'll weigh it. They'll sniff it out. They'll tell you everything that you could possibly need to know about it. And then you need to be working it out. No matter what they do, you need to be working it out. Don't envy them in their prison cells surrounded by books. Just because they're in there getting an education, they're still in prison, just like you are. Get up and get out of that cell. Separate from your identification with your meritorious, self-loving self and work. Start to separate from identifying with your self-love and your merit and how well you're doing and begin to work. We can work. You remember that? I can work. We used to state that. It does no good to repeat it if you're not going to do it. 
You can sit here and say, I can work, I can work, I am working, I am working. You can say it as much as you want. Unless you're doing it, nothing is going to happen. You don't have to know if you have magnetic center or not. So don't even go there. And I know that right now people are going, well, I wonder if I have magnetic center. I wasn't like that when I was a little boy or a little girl. I don't remember thinking that. As a matter of fact, I still wonder whether I think that or not. I still think that life can explain itself. Well, no, I don't think you probably can, not if you're listening to this. Don't worry about whether you have magnetic center or not. You've got to work if the work finds you worthy. And here's how you know if the work finds you worthy. You're working. That's it. You feel compelled to do it. You feel compelled to change your mind. You feel compelled to change your heart. You feel compelled not to justify yourself, but to put all of that aside and to start to increase your being. Now, you may not know how to go about it, but that's not important. You can be shown that. What you need to know is, is that what you want? Do you want to be right or do you want to increase your level of being? Do you want to be right about the people who've done you wrong? Do you want to be justified about what you're thinking about them and doing about them? Or do you want to increase your level of being so that you can forgive, have compassion, mercy, and conscious love? Many are called, but few are chosen. Work until you develop magnetic center. You've got magnetic center to some degree, but that doesn't mean it's working properly. And that doesn't mean it can't be developed further. So begin to work in a way that develops it. Always remember your aim. The aim is conscious love. The aim is compassion. The aim is forgiveness. The aim is mercy. The aim is expanding your level of being, increasing your level of being, increasing your consciousness in that direction. If you're going to be conscious of something, that's what to be conscious of. You are the best and matter.